Well, hello and welcome to Rhythms of Grace. Um, we are wrapping up this season of Rhythms of Grace today, and uh, there's all sorts of stuff throwing us off this morning. There, we're in a new venue, like we moved to a new room, and it's uh, legitimately, I have no idea what I'm doing right now. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's the exact same setup, but I'm in a different chair. Song is standing, he's like standing over me, threateningly. <laughs> Christina standing, but Christina standing, but not threateningly. But not threateningly. Just <laughs> at a distance, just kind of with a kind smile. That's right. I feel like she's watching me with, from with, a distance, compassion. Oh, <laughs> and this man. is actually take two because we started recording take one. All of a sudden, like the the board like shut off. Yeah, which yeah. Is so. so random. We'll try to do it as well as we did the first time. Make yeah. it make it fresh. Yeah. <laughs> Pretend we never heard what the other person said. Yeah. Well, it was only like two minutes into the, yeah. the podcast. So so we're still talking about things I wish I knew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Today's yeah. a bit of a grab bag. It is. And we're going to talk about uh, things I wish I knew about the Bible, prayer, and just uh, spiritual formation or discipleship in general. It's good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The first the thing that came to my mind when we talked about things I wish I knew about the Bible and Sung, this is something that you've said. Uh, at various points in sermons or whatever, is that the Bible is written for us, but it's not specifically written to us. Mm. Like it was written to a certain set of people or a person, mm-hmm. you know, at a, at a set time in history, in a set circumstance. And so there are principles that, that apply very t- to people of faith, but the specific language is not necessarily written to us, like with us in mm-hmm. mind. And I spent a lot of my younger formative years reading the Bible, looking for like a specific command to follow. And, I, you know, like 10 commandments, obviously, but there would be th- things that were way more specific that I'd be like, well, it's in the Bible. Like, I guess I should, you know, like God must be telling me to do this, you know? And I, that just sent me down some rabbit trails. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think it was uh, necessarily like too damaging, but it certainly sent me down some rabbit trails of faith mm-hmm. that I wish I could have avoided. Mm-hmm. Is there an example of one that you, uh, you know, yeah. Like, well, here's a great one. Um, both, uh, Jesus and Paul talk about like celibacy. And so I was like, well, I guess I'm supposed to be celibate, <laughs> you know, like I guess, but, but that's not true. Like I'm, I'm definitely wired to be married, <laughs> you know, but I, that didn't. And then I read, um, that, I'm sure you read this song, the journals of James Elliot, Jim Elliot, Jim Elliot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Where he's like, he is like a big, like celibacy proponent. And so in high school, I was like, I must be called to be celibate. And I wasn't, you know, I'm yeah. not at all, but I totally took that rabbit trail for months, mm-hmm. like trying wow. to figure out if that was what I was supposed to do. Wow. That's a good example. I think to build off that too, the, I, I think of when I was a younger Christian, just thinking that the Bible was about me mm. versus, um, that, 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 and so it was like, what, what practical application can I find today? And it was almost like a how to book that mm-hmm. helped yeah. me mm-hmm. yeah. where really reading scripture is like, Hey, this is God's unfolding story of his redemption and restoration of the entire world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you read it from that perspective and how you're just one, one player with like one verse in yeah. the entire play, <laughs> yeah. right? That's yeah. such a different perspective. And it's not so much like, Oh, what practical application or inspiration can I get today? Right. Mm-hmm. 
it, it's just enfolding in, in yourself into this larger story. Yeah, yeah. I, that that framework has been transformative in my own life. You know, about ten years ago, I remember my wife and I having a very sort of specific conversation around that point, and it really it changes everything. Yeah, it changes everything in terms of what you feel like you're called to do or who you're called to be. Yeah. When suddenly you realize, oh, I like first of all, find joy in being a bit player, and second of all, like stop thinking it's about you yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know yeah. Uh, it really changed things for me yeah because i think it's it's really easy like our whole world is designed to make us the main character yeah. of our story right like yeah. all of the advertisement sure. all of the you know social media social media yep. and and i think sometimes the church can fall into it of yep. like this is what christianity has to offer you right um right. instead of realizing like actually that's not that's not what it's about it's about right. the fact that we get to be part of a story uh that's about jesus that's yeah. about god um and old testament and new testament is all part of this story about him yeah not, not us yeah. yeah and sometimes even preachers can say like you can be happy if you follow jesus yeah. right? <laughs> but, right but the thing that's helpful for me is like um whenever you watch let's say movies or even um what's james uh, uh campbell uh, what's his face campbell oh uh the hero's journey hero's journey right like when you think of any good plot right it it requires adventure and risk and danger because mm-hmm. if everything's like comfy safe like you, you it, it get like terrible rotten tomatoes right mm-hmm. yeah but every good film has that like tension and, and then again if we're part of god's story again he's trying to bring glory to himself in in this project of restoring the entire creation there is going to be tension there is going to be setbacks there's going to be disappointment you know and and sometimes when i'm when i'm watching something um you know the, the um I, I was just watching a tv series uh, actually came out like a long time ago called pillars of the earth it's set in this medieval time and and there's a uh, a master builder, right? Who builds cathedrals and things. And throughout the whole miniseries, I kept thinking, okay, yes, it turned the good guy's ways, right? And I'm like, okay, just finish it off. Mm. And then there'd be some twist. I'm like, oh my goodness, there's a setback. <laughs> like what? Now what's going to happen, mm. right? But that's what makes the story compelling. Mm-hmm. And we want our stories to be like, hey, yep, safe, easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're a bit like Bilbo Baggins, you know, no adventures here. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. But really the way God writes his story and invites us into it like oh yeah suffering pain yeah like and and that even changes the way you look at setbacks and disappointments Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah Yeah. and I think that you know that like also points to something that I wish I'd known earlier about the bible which is how the old testament informs the new testament Mm -hmm. because I think like as as I was in college reading through the bible um once I'd like developed all of my like you know all, all of my brain parts um, to be able to like <laughs> actually read the Bible and think about it. Um, sorry. Um, I realized like how much God is a master storyteller and that's like not super impressive. If you think about like, Oh, the Bible was all written by like one person. But when you think about how all the pieces of the Bible fit together from the beginning of time until, you know, what, like, 100 AD, yeah, about. Um, that's you know 1800 years of of continuity and seeing how they inform each other. Because I'd always read each book individually. Like mm-hmm. this is about it. This is Isaiah. This is Jeremiah, and they're mm-hmm. individual. They're separate. Um, but seeing how they flow together has been a lot more impactful for me. Yeah. 
Yeah, even even more generally, I think um, when I was younger, I think I did a lot of cherry picking of verses yeah. mm-hmm. instead of putting them in the context either of the entire book or like you're saying, Christine, the entire narrative of the story. Yeah, which really, I mean, anybody who has done any study of literature, or whatever, context is everything. <laughs> yeah, you know, and you can pull a verse out, and I did pull a verse out. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but just like when you I have it, plans to prosper you. Oh, yeah. that is a great one. <laughs> yeah. That is a great one. I mean, talk about graduation speeches right yeah, and it's yeah. like okay they're in exile yes. they're suffering and he's basically saying like everyone is going to suffer for a long time yes. like you guys your life is going to suck for for generations but don't worry yeah your great 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 grandkids mm-hmm. are going to be okay and you know what that'd be a great graduation speech <laughs> you know what you, you you're all optimistic about this job you're gonna get your life is going to be hard and yeah. it's gonna <laughs> yeah your life is gonna suck your kids might be okay yeah but I mean, again, like that is just, it's, it's so, it's so tempting, Mm -hmm. right? Because we're trying to, we really are sort of looking for that sort of, you know, magic bullet or whatever that, that sort of makes everything work the way we want it to, or feel like Mm -hmm. it should. And that's just not the the arc of the story. Yeah. And I think that's partly like how we're reading it. Cause recently I, I've been like, I think I, I grew up thinking, okay, you read a chapter at a time or you read like one verse and meditate on that one verse and then you're done. Um, and like, I think re- I've realized there are questions I can be asking a passage of scripture um, as I'm reading instead of just like reading it as literature or reading like one verse mm. in and of itself, whether that's like, you know, uh, specifically like the discovery Bible questions, like read a passage. What does this tell me about God? Yeah. What does it tell me about humanity? Mm. And then how am I called to respond? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think having a framework when you're encountering a scripture passage is also really helpful to keep you from like, yeah, sometimes, you know, yeah, reading like Psalm 46 and I'm like, well, well, most of this is about destruction, 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 but oh, be still and verse. know <laughs> that I am bad. I'll just keep that, you know, but like <laughs> right. asking those questions allows me to like enter into the context and remind me who the story's about. Yeah, right. that's so good. And I think those questions are really good about uh, what does this passage tell me about God first mm-hmm. and, and then mm-hmm. uh, about humanity or me, because again, we, we just, because you might read something and um, you, you know, if you're, if you're reading destruction, destruction, you're just like, uh, what's, what's the practical application? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And, and it's less about um, like the point isn't like, okay, what should I do? Yeah. I mean, it, 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 like that's what should result from reading scripture is obedience, but it's, it's not like, Hey, I'm looking for a practical application mm-hmm. and it's all about me. So yeah, I, I think just asking, asking those questions, I, I think it will help you in your scripture reading. And, and I've also found too, I think every follower of Jesus should do this at least once in their journey, but reading scripture uh, chronologically, mm-hmm. because you could read like, you know, book by book, but just understand that's not written chronologically. Mm-hmm. Like you read through the prophets and like some are speaking to the Northern uh, Israel, some are Judah and it's all mixed together mm-hmm. and you have no sense of like, what the heck is going on? So getting like a good resource and just reading chronologically, just to get not a, like a larger picture of what is happening. And then when you put that in the historical context, like, oh, okay. Yeah, there was, there was a lot of destruction during mm-hmm. this, this uh, era. And the, this is the promise of God in the midst of the darkness and the mm-hmm. violence and yeah. all that. So, yeah. yeah. I think one of the other things that came to mind that I, I wish I had known about, um, uh, about the Bible 
was so when I, I went to a Christian high school and one of our classes was literally about like studying the scripture. It was like, how do you take a verse apart, you know, and how do you like use a concordance and look at the Greek? I mean, it was like really intense. And so I always thought, or I grew up thinking that you read the Bible to study it mm. and the shift to to meditating on scripture Mm -hmm. has also been really transformative for me, which is that in some ways there are like these huge concepts that are, that are sort of beyond our understanding and you have to just sort of sit in them and allow them to transform you. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, I remember the first time that this happened for me, uh, it was, it was around the passage. uh, I think it's, is it John 15? That's like, I'm the vine, Mm -hmm. you're the branches. Mm -hmm. I literally, I read that chapter for weeks and Mm -hmm. I would just like sit with it because it, I was, it was at a point in my life where Jesus calling me a friend felt beyond anything I could actually understand. Mm. I could see him very easily as like a boss or as, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, as a judge, but for Jesus to describe um, his disciples as friends, I couldn't wrap my brain around that. Mm. So I just read it and I read it and I read it and I read it because there was a truth there that needed to like soak into me. And it didn't matter, you know, the, how the, you know, Greek Mm -hmm. to find friend, what that word was. None of that was what, what was what God was trying to teach me. He was just trying to let my brain rest in a, in a image of himself that up to then I had no Mm -hmm. uh, framework for. So I, I think there's space for both. Right. But I think our tendency, it's easier to study because Mm -hmm. you can sort of like pull out your tools and you sort of like, you need sort of like use your brain, but letting your soul be transformed sometimes takes yeah. what yeah. is literal like meditation, mm-hmm. just like letting the words wash over you yeah. almost like, um, like poetry or mm-hmm. music or something mm-hmm. like embracing scripture that way. Yeah. It reminds me of people who, and this usually happens in seminary where you learn to kind of dissect a yeah. passage, but it, it, it is, it's kind of like dissecting a, a frog in biology lab, right? And, and you could study the different parts, but like you can't dissect like your relationship with God. Right. Like if you die, like let's say you're med school and, and you're dissecting a, a cadaver, like that doesn't, that doesn't help you know who that person was, yeah. right? And so in the same way, like there, there are limits, there are benefits and there are limits to all of these things. Mm-hmm. You could dissect it all you want with all these tools and concordances. At the end of the day, like you still may not know who God is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so, uh, farm story on that very point. <laughs> um, one of our sows just had a litter of piglets and mm. it's her first litter. And you know, like you can read about how, uh, like the birthing process and this whole thing, but to actually like sit in the pasture and watch her transform from a pig into a mother, it's mm. like, it's all instinct and it's magical. I mean, mm. it's magical to see her suddenly like build a nest. Like she's never built a nest before. <laughs> and suddenly she's like frantically building this huge huh. nest, you know, like just mm. all of these things that happen. And so like you can read about it or you could dissect a pig and you would still never understand mm. sort of right. the, the magical things that are happening. Um, you know, as God sort of unfolds his mm-hmm. creation. And so I feel that way sometimes when I read the scripture, it's yeah. like, you can be in there and it's like, okay, it's interesting to understand the chambers of the heart and the veins go here and the nerves go, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. But mm-hmm. like you said, Sung, that doesn't tell you about sort of the essence of life that is actually mm-hmm. happening. Um, so that's, yeah, that's, you can't really do that besides just sort of like 
sitting with big chunks of it. Yeah. yeah. And I would say too, remember like the, the scriptures actually point to Jesus, right? Mm. So the point in reading scripture is that you love and worship God, not that you love and worship the Bible. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. I know for some people it's like, what's the difference? No, mm-hmm. there is a difference, right? You could read a love letter and fall in love with a letter. No, you're supposed to fall in love with the person who wrote the letter. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so some Christians it's like, oh, I just love this letter, you know, the 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 text is sacred. And yes, it is, but but man, like you're missing the point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. I feel like it's, you know, the more we're talking about this, the more I'm seeing like, oh yeah, see, all of these things are true. Like you don't want to just read it through like it's a novel, but you can, Yep. and you don't want to just meditate on it, but that's also good. And you don't want, you know, it's like, you want to, you want to study it in context so that you know who it was actually written to, Yeah. but you don't want to stop there. So it's kind of like a, which for me, uh, I think one of the things I wish I'd known is I would like look at people who are further down the road and be like, they know they have all the scripture memorized. They've read through it so many times. They meditated on it, meditate on it every day and realizing like, oh, you can just, it's, it's a mountain you chip away at, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's a journey. And if you're, you know, 26, you don't have to like already have Philippians memorized and, you know, have read through the Bible in every, you know, chronologically and not, you know, there. But you can start somewhere yeah, and you can add these little micro habits into your day. Yeah. And I also think even on that point, I think it's helpful to understand that, that there isn't like none of those ways are, like you said, are wrong. Mm -hmm. And for someone, they may need the very sort of black and white framework of, of the, you know, of the commandments to sort of like, oh, like don't steal. Like that could be revelatory for (laughs) someone. It really could be. Right. Um, and, and so not to like judge that people are sort of engaging with the Bible in a certain way, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I, I think, I think it can be, uh, maybe this is just me because I'm judgmental and critical, but, uh, (laughs) 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 to evaluate like, oh, you're doing that wrong. Oh, you're reading that wrong. Oh, you're not. Mm. But really to say like, no, like if, if the gospel is for everyone, then it is accessible at all of these different levels. And depending on your stage of life or your maturity or the season you're in, Mm -hmm. like there can be different parts that God sort of brings to the forefront that speak to us in that moment. And so, you know, I just wish I, I'm still working on it, but to just sort of like be like, Hey, if that's like what you're, if that's what you're seeing, then let's just talk about what God is doing there and not try to get you to see something. I mean, Within the framework, like people yeah. that are like defending racism based on the Old Testament, like that's, that's, diff- that's different, yeah, right? Yeah. But, uh, but in general, if someone is really pursuing God to sort of be like, great, let's talk about what God is saying, yeah. even if it is literally just, a, a, you know, an explicit application mm-hmm. of the exact words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, to build on what you just said there, I think if you read scripture properly, it will always lead you to be come a person and act in ways that are loving towards other people. Mm-hmm. That's good. Because I think, especially in this day and age, when like the scripture is weaponized yeah. mm-hmm. f- with whatever the issue is, and yeah. I don't care wh- whatever side you fall on, um, y- you know, l- like, because I've, I've seen and heard this, it's like, well, you know, that's an abomination to the Lord. Okay, but the way you're treating that person is an abomination right. too. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you believe about that. Like the way you treat your fellow human being, 
Like I, uh, I, I would, I would suggest the way you were reading scripture is in a very self-righteous way yeah. mm-hmm. because the fruit of what comes out in your life and in your words. Mm-hmm. So, um, and again, when I say loving, I, I mean, um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll speak to two sides on one side. It, it's not like black, white, I'm right. You're wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's not just like, Oh yeah. Tolerate everything. Everyone's okay. You're okay. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. We're all good. Like, uh, again, that 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 radical middle of God's love it mm-hmm. is both um, very firm mm-hmm. and very inclusive. Mm-hmm. You know, so like you have to walk in that tension, and most people want to go one or the other. Yeah, mm-hmm. and neither is loving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. Oh, I just had something on that point that I'm trying to remember. Where did it go? Where <laughs> did it go? Oh, this is what it was. I, I think the other thing that is a that is a helpful framework. And again, none of this is like absolutes, but the the Bible, uh, if the Bible is telling you what you think other people should do, that's all. <laughs> I, I did a lot of that, right? You know, yeah. when you read it, you're like, oh, I need, I must, I got to go tell this person that they're blah, blah, blah. I got to go tell this person. <laughs> mm-hmm. And again, there, I think there are definitely times for that. And there are some people who are called to be preachers and teachers and God puts us in authority relationships, um, you know, with when we're raising our kids or mm-hmm. if you're like song, if you're preaching or Christine, you're preaching and, and, you know, leading the youth group, like, there, there are times, but by and large, if you're just Joe Schmo sort of living your life mm-hmm. and you feel like the Bible is telling you to go tell everyone else what to do, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, full disclosure, I did plenty of that, yeah. uh, but that usually, I wish I had known that that is, mm. yeah. means I'm just a little, maybe a little bit to the left or the right of where I should be. Mm. Yeah. That's good. And even as a preacher or teacher, I feel like, you know, the most powerful sermons are the ones that God is working, at least for me, are the ones that God is working right, in my own right, life. Like, yeah. oh man, I need to work on the way that I pray or the way mm. that I rest or the way that, you know, those different like things that I'm trying to tell other people. It's like, oh, hey, here's what God is doing in my life. Let me share that with you. Yeah. Um, not that, again, there are times when like you, as a preacher or teacher, you have to preach and teach on things that the Bible says that aren't, aren't applicable to you, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) yeah. And this goes back to sort of like something that we said a little bit earlier, but, um, I, I do, I do wish that I had had a better under, so again, I grew up in sort of like a, a charismatic church and we read the stories of God working in the Bible and we're sort of like, you know, there's that verse, like renew them in our day, in our time. And uh, it's kind of like, well, I mean, these, these stories happened over hundreds and hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. And there were lots of years where people were just sort of trying to live faithful Mm -hmm. lives, small faithful lives. And I often felt like if I wasn't seeing, uh, if I wasn't seeing the sort of miraculous things that God did in the old Testament where Mm. he paused the sun in the sky, you know, if I wasn't seeing those, then God wasn't working. And Mm. it's been helpful for me to remember that these are sort of like highlights of what God was doing. And then there are like these huge swaths of decades where he was just, where people were Mm -hmm. just being faithful and he was being faithful in sort of the small everyday non-dramatic ways. Yeah. Uh, one thing I was going to add to that when you were talking about, uh, what was that? Renew them in our day. And yeah, all yeah. That. Um, and, and maybe this is just a, a little soapbox here. <laughs> oh, here we go. It's a good thing you're already standing up. <laughs> <laughs> well, to follow up on the last comment I made about like abomination and this and that, but like, you know, sometimes people will, will read scriptures like that and be like, oh yeah, we need to, you know, take back this country for the Lord, mm. renew it in our day. 
And uh, th- I guess this is my soapbox as it relates to scripture and how that's played out. Um, if, um, if, if like, you know, so you could read that and be like, oh yeah, Christian nationalism, mm-hmm. right? Take back our country for the Lord, this and that. That's what God's ha- like. Again, if, if you are known more by your politics than you are by your faith, mm. yeah. then I would say your, your faith is, is politics. Yeah. Mm. It's not Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So people should be, should know you more by your relationship with him and not so much your position on any, you know, polit- on any issue. Yeah. Mm. Um, so uh, again, it's not even an election year, but boy, like, uh, you know, just this past week, uh, uh, somebody was saying, oh yeah, because um, I, I, I just left a church where they use the Bible to kind of like tell us that, um, that we should, whatever, whether it's yeah. masks or, yeah. uh, and I'm yeah. just like, how yeah. do they even do that? Mm. Right. So again, just the, so this comes out of the context of talking to people mm. uh, coming in and out of churches and just the things that they've experienced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So can we talk about prayer a little bit? Yeah, we've got to running things, out of time. Things I wish I knew about prayer. I know that I was the one that suggested that topic, but I don't have anything to say yet. Mm. I, I, I have one. Okay, um, bring it. So uh, for the longest time, I thought prayer was just me talking to God. Uh, that's, mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> and so it's like, dear God, da 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 And then I just hang up. Mm. And then it's like, that's, that's a very one-sided conversation. That is not even a relationship, mm-hmm. Yeah. right? Yeah. And I, uh, I, I don't know that I was ever taught, like, how, how do you even listen to God? What does mm. that even look like or feel like yeah and so uh and another thing uh that that uh, i wish i knew is um i thought prayer was always verbal Mm. like i had to or or just mental or verbal Mm -hmm. that now like you can like sometimes just being yeah (laughs) right it is the prayer. Or mm. song. I, I believe you probably do some prayer dancing. That's fine. Oh, <laughs> I, behind closed doors all the time. Uh, <laughs> um, and so, yeah. So whether, you know, so you could be gardening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if your mind and heart is postured that way, like that, that is your prayer. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's embodied prayer too. It's not just verbal. It's not mm-hmm. just the thoughts of my, in my, in my head. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is your embodied life, which is, I think how we live, uh, follow the command, pray continuously. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Our, our lives are that prayer. And, and the thing is when our lives contradict that, well, yeah, our, our prayers are really ineffective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like, uh, I mean, uh, on that note, I think one of the things that I didn't realize until much later in my faith journey was really how many different kinds of prayer there are. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, I grew up feeling like prayer is like you petitioning God, mm-hmm. like that's really, or, or thanking him. It's like you're thanking or you're petitioning. Yeah. Like that's pretty much, but like you said, Sung, both of that requires us sort of talking. Um, and as we got older, my wife and I experienced, uh, seasons of real struggle. Um, and one of the things that we found was that reading prayers that people had already written, Mm -hmm. whether from the book Mm -hmm. of common prayer, like those were so life giving. And Mm -hmm. I would not have assumed that reading somebody else's words Mm -hmm. would be like a legitimate prayer, but we were, I remember being at at a point where we literally just didn't have the words to pray. We were Mm -hmm. too fatigued and too emotionally exhausted. 
and to just like sort of be carried on someone else's words mm-hmm. was amazing. Yeah, you yeah. know, it was really, really amazing. And then, like you said, listening prayer, where you're spending your time sort of just being and and sitting with God. Um, I didn't think that was. Mm-hmm. I thought if, uh, if I thought if, if I'm not talking or God's not talking, like yeah. like something's wrong, right? Yeah. But that's yeah. not true. You know, you can absolutely just sit in the presence of God. Yeah, and and going back to like the praying someone else's words and scripture part is like for me, I I had heard like I, I grew up in a lot of different churches, and I never thought that I could pray someone else's words either because I'm like, oh, it's not me. It's not from. It's not yeah. going to be genuine. Yeah. Um, but the more scripture I've memorized, the more often as I'm praying, when yeah. I run out of, when I don't know what to say or when I'm tired or, or even when I'm, when I do know what to say, God will bring his words to my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been really powerful for me is praying, praying the scriptures, praying yeah. the Psalms or, or even Jesus prayers or, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think related to the pr- uh, praying the Psalms too, uh, you know, growing up as a pastor's kid, growing up in church all my life, I thought prayer had to be um, uh, um, respectful and mm. formal, mm-hmm. right? Like I shouldn't say anything like really like mm. authentic. Mm-hmm. And then you read the Psalms and David's like, break their teeth, yeah. you know, <laughs> crush my enemies. Right. Grind their bones into right. dust. <laughs> and then, so growing up, I just thought prayer was just always like this nice kind of formal proper thing Mm -hmm. and real and and i think they're just never understanding that you know like the 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 authentic self that you bring Mm -hmm. before god is actually what he wants and so what you end up doing is you kind of stuff down all these repressive feelings Mm -hmm. um or you just don't bring up your whole self Mm -hmm. and so i think like yeah if you're angry if you're bitter resentful like god that that's a part god wants to hear he already knows it right But just us kind of bringing that to him and even venting that to him uh, allows him to open up the doors of our hearts to actually transform us. Mm -hmm. And when we don't, that part remains untouched. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because one of the things that I wish I'd known about prayer was that it is every bit as much about us being transformed Mm. as it is about asking God to like transform the world around Mm -hmm. us or the other people around us. Mm -hmm. And I spent a long time praying like, God, do this, God, do this. Instead of saying, God, make me the type of person Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. in this situation of brokenness is sort of a, you know, can herald your, your kingdom or can Mm -hmm. bring your hands and feet or your, your justice or your mercy. And I, again, I, I think, uh, either again, both of the faith traditions that I grew up in were very much about prayer being sort of outward focused, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, asking God to change things, which is not, uh, that's not wrong, but mm-hmm. it is every bit as much about asking God to change us. Yeah. And I think part of asking God to change things is reminding ourselves it's in God's hands mm-hmm. that like, oh yeah, God, like impact the situation because it's out of my control. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, and the sort of person who does not like to give up control. <laughs> and so it's like, it's a good reminder for me, like, don't keep, don't keep like spinning over this thing because you've already given it to God. You've mm-hmm. already asked him to take care of it. And he will, whether it's the way I want to him to or not. Yeah. Um, but just reminding me of like my posture before God yeah. of I, I am, you know, in, in most of these big things, um, just a, a passerby, just a, an, an onlooker, and yeah. God is the one who is actively Yeah, he's the one that's actually doing something. Yeah. I love that. I, I try to keep that in mind, especially when I'm praying for other people. 
because mm-hmm. I think it's so easy mm-hmm. to bring my own um, thoughts about how things should be. Mm-hmm. So you, you're, it's true you're praying to God, but you're sort of I sort of end up praying like God, do what I think you should do, <laughs> yeah. right? Instead of saying like you said, Christine, sort of a relinquishing of control and saying God, like 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 Jesus prayed, like let your will be done. Mm-hmm. Like that is not how Jesus wanted his the, everything to shake out, yeah. not at all. Yeah. But he was able to sort of say, you know what I want. And mm-hmm. that's the interesting thing, right? Because it's both. It's saying like, this, God, this is what I want to mm-hmm. happen. But what I want at an even deeper level is for your will to be done. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important to not confuse the two. One is saying, God, I'm communicating my desires to you instead of saying, God, this is what you should do next. Mm-hmm. It's sort of saying, God, this is what I deeply desire and this is how I wish it would go. And then shifting over to say, but mm-hmm. what I really want is for, for your will to be done. Mm-hmm. And I, I regularly had those two things overlapping mm-hmm. or confused. Yeah. I, th- I think also on the flip side of what's being said too is it is a surrender of control at the same time uh, God might call you to, to actually be that change yeah. that you want to see in the world right yeah. I, I, and that's a quote from Gandhi or whoever it is but um, but like you, you you're heartbroken by some you know tragedy yeah injustice yeah and, and well uh, what if prayer doesn't um, break your heart or, or lead to action, um, yeah, well, I mean, and that's, that's what true prayer does. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't always lead you to, to be the answer, but um, a lot of times, let's say you're praying for a friend, like, oh, you know, I'm praying for this friend. Well, it could be that that leads you to call them and encourage them yeah. or just listen to them or, yeah. or just say, hey, I just want you to know you came to mind today. I'm praying for you. Mm-hmm. Like it leads you to action, to, to be the presence of Jesus in the world yeah. as well too. Yeah. I mean, I've actually, I've absolutely had that experience and I actually think Sung, it was an exercise at the end of one of your sermons several years ago where you were like, who does God bring to your mind? Pray for them and then just see what he tells you to do. And so mm-hmm. I literally just sent a text to someone I hadn't seen in a couple of years. Just like, Hey man, came to mind today. I'm praying for you. And he was like, you have no idea what that meant. Mm-hmm. What he actually said was I was about to head into, he was a, a surgeon, a heart surgeon. He said, I was about to head into a surgery that I felt just woefully unprepared for. I felt mm-hmm. insecure. And then like, just to know that like, like God was putting me on the hearts of other people mm-hmm. just changed my entire attitude. Oh, know? that's powerful. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Man, I, Yeah. So shifting gears a little bit, Okay. Um, I think um, one of the things that um, I was unaware of was how God uses, um, uses prayer to prepare us. Like not only like you impacting them, but also um, I think as I've studied the Holy Spirit and his work, like the idea of being filled, like we all have the Holy Spirit in us, but also the fact that like, as we pray for strength, God does like actually bolster our strength and he can, um, like prayer is one of the ways that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm. And I think maybe, uh, in like, you know, some of the denominations I went to church at, it was like, uh, the Holy Spirit was not super mentioned or thought about. It was like scripture. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, I've heard of that Holy Trinity. Yeah. <laughs> Father, the Son, and the Holy Scripture. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but realizing like, oh, yeah, we, we have access to the Holy Spirit, but there is like a spiritual dimension to the world. Yeah. There is spiritual warfare, and there is, um, yeah, the ability to 
yeah, invite the Holy Spirit to continue to fill us day by day, not just once. Mm-hmm. I uh, Another thing that I wish I knew is that how dangerous prayer is. <laughs> because, like, for example, I, I used to think, like, okay, uh, God gave me strength. Like, he would zap me with supernatural mm. strength. Or like, God, Shazam! Yeah. yeah. Or, God, give me patience, and boom! Like, I'd be mm. supernaturally patient. Mm-hmm. Well, it's really dangerous, because when you, you say, God, give me courage, he actually makes you face yeah. dangers. Because mm-hmm. yeah. so, how does courage grow? That's right. how it grows. It's not mm-hmm. just he plugs you into some machine, and like you're all of a sudden I'm right. super courageous, right? Patience grows by being super annoyed yeah. over and over yeah. and over. <laughs> so man, I, I, I am very careful to pray those prayers. Like, mm-hmm. oh, because I know like if I say, hey God, give me patience, like right then somebody's gonna really annoy me. Mm-hmm. And God's like, hey, you asked for this. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So isn't it great how he does that? Of course you would say that. <laughs> of course you would say that. We have so many opportunities to grow. <laughs> Yay! But it is funny because even even in the uh, even in the um, sort of faith uh, communities that I was a part of, where where prayer was so externally focused, there still was the understanding that if you pray for those type of things, like God is going to answer, mm-hmm. like right. absolutely one hundred percent. It was it's almost like a it's almost like a joke in Christian circles, mm-hmm. but I think it speaks to one of the truest parts of prayer, which mm-hmm. is that, like we said earlier, it is transformative. It's transformative for us, mm-hmm. and so those prayers are, are very quickly answered. And I think you know there is that that verse of like delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So it's like the more that we want to be like God, the more we will want to have the fruit of the spirit. And so we'll ask for them. And, uh, you know, God, by his mercy will uh, give us opportunities (laughs) to, um, be tested. But yeah. Two quick thoughts on just spiritual growth in general, Mm. or just the the journey of uh, being a Christian is one, when I was younger, I thought that like I'd get from a to Z, like, a lot quicker mm-hmm. than I thought. Like I, and I thought it'd be a straight line, like, Oh, boom, here to there. And it is a jagged, um, up and down journey with a lot of setbacks, detours, dead ends. Mm-hmm. And even like circling back around and being yeah. like, wait a minute, I swear yeah. I was here. Not too long yeah. Ago. yeah. Or you go down yeah. a path, right. And it's like, Oh, yeah. dead end. And you got to go back, oh, retrace. Yeah. Right. And so, there, and so that, that was one thing is like, uh, it's a straight journey and it's from A to Z and why aren't I growing? Mm-hmm. Uh, and to closely relate to that is just this idea that, um, when I was younger, I thought like, oh, dude, I'm a super Christian mm-hmm. and I know everything, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, th- I'll tell you, if you think that, dude, you are not, oh, right? Terrible. Because the, the older and wiser you grow, you just realize, oh my goodness, I just know nothing, yeah. right? I mean, I think if you look at the people who we would often consider to be sort of like the heroes of the faith, mm-hmm. often their descriptions of themselves are very much like I am, I have, I am so broken. I have so much to learn. I am, you know, Mm -hmm. there's so much that God still needs to do. And I think that that is all sort of like tied together. These people that have spent a lifetime being transformed at the end of it, realize how much more transformation (laughs) is required, you know? Yeah, I think sometimes though, like for me, I think about that because I'm like a, uh, I'm like a sprint, not a marathon sort of person when it comes to spiritual growth. And so I'm like, oh, well, if I just, if I just like read the whole Bible enough times and meditate enough, then like I'll get to the end and then I'll be like the person I want to be for the rest of my life. And so I think sometimes, especially like in college, I would get really discouraged when I would hear that. Like, oh man, 
wait a second, I'm going to have to be growing my whole life. I'm going to have to be doing this. Like, you know, like I'm never going to reach, I'm never going to be like finished growing. Um, but realizing like, okay, that it doesn't all have to happen at once. It doesn't have to be um, exhausting all the time. It can be filling. There can be like a slowness to yeah. this work of God in me. Yeah. I think uh, one of the things that I've um, that I've been thankful to have learned about the faith journey is also that um, when it comes to let's call them like spiritual disciplines, the best strategy is not to like be doing all of them all the time. That's <laughs> yeah. kind of what I thought. Mm-hmm. Is like okay, so you got to be doing this much prayer, and you got to be reading through the Bible every year, and you got to mm-hmm. you know like, you got to fast. You got to yeah, right? Yeah. Like sort of like man, that's a full week. I'm going to be honest. Like, that's pretty much all I'm doing at this point. Instead of understanding that in different seasons, um, God sort of wants us to lean into those, into different areas of Mm -hmm. growth. And so that there will be times when it's like, no, man, it's time to just like take a deep dive into scripture or it's time to sort of embrace Mm self-denial, you know, um, or or something like that. But to just sort of take those in pieces and say, well, this must be sort of like the season where I'm going to do this and not have to try to fit everything in every day Mm -hmm. or every week. Yeah. And I think that's maybe tied to something that I wish I had known is like, if I think there are times when, um, I've been like doing spiritual disciplines, but still felt like hungry or like, Oh, I'm not like somehow I'm like not getting what I should be out of this and realizing like, Oh, that's because in this season I'm called to be in, in, you know, encountering scripture in a different way, or I'm called to pray in silence, uh, you know, in nature and not, you know, journaling in my bedroom, you know, like there are just different ways to engage. Um, and I think the more tools we have in our toolkit, um, the like easier it is to, to, uh, navigate those seasons. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I mean, and, um, I've, I've found a lot of those tools in, uh, in, faith tradition, not faith traditions, like Christian traditions yeah. that I didn't grow up in, yeah. right? Sort Agreed. of like looking to other places um, to just see how people have experienced God throughout history and throughout different cultures and just understanding, look, God speaks that way too. And there it's, it's, it doesn't have to be sort of our typical Western American mm-hmm. evangelical way of engaging with God for it to be legitimate. And I found a lot of, of fruit in those other places. Mm-hmm. As we talk about disciplines, one thing I, I wish I knew too is that uh, faith is a muscle that needs to be exercised. Mm-hmm. That um, just like health, like physical health, like, you know, there will be times. I'm I'm a sprinter too, a sprinter, not a marathon. Mm-hmm. And I'll sprint, and then I'll be like, Phew, "That's it," and I take a little break, right? Mm-hmm. And then after a couple of weeks, I'm like, "Why do I feel mm-hmm. like so mm-hmm. empty and so tired?" Well, duh, that's not how faith works. Mm-hmm. Like, and I heard this recently. I don't know if it was on the radio or something, um, maybe a podcast, but they're like. Um, if you don't exercise physically for two weeks, like you, every gain you had, like you lose. Wow. I'm like, dang, two weeks. That's right, it. That's nothing. Right. I'm like, and, and so, and, and I feel that like when you get into the routine of exercising your faith, you like, you feel that, you know, like when, when you're not exercising it uh, on the flip side, 
I don't remember the exact number, but it was, it, uh, they were like, and then to, after you lose that, uh, to regain where you were, I can't remember if it was six weeks or 12 weeks. And I was like, mm. oh, dang. <laughs> right? wow. And so uh, again, like, let's liken that to the spiritual journey. Like, yeah, if you, if you haven't like picked up scripture or, or even engaged with God for two weeks, mm-hmm. like, oh man. And, and then, and then the, the, the effort to kind of regain spiritually. And, and just to be clear, like you, God does, you know, you don't earn salvation mm-hmm. through this, right? Yeah. right. But, but, but it, it is, it, it, it's a muscle or it's a relationship that you have to develop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sort of like the tortoise in the hair a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And honestly, yeah. this is not a criticism. This is the highest compliment. My wife is, <laughs> a, is a faith tortoise. Mm-hmm. Like she mm-hmm. is just, she just every single day is taking a couple steps and if if I'm not paying attention, which this happens sometimes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I will suddenly be like, oh my gosh, like there have been all of these developments in her faith and they mm. happen so incrementally that if, if you're not watching every day, you don't see it. And mm-hmm. suddenly she'll say, she'll come out with something that's like, whoa, like what, where has yeah. that been percolating? You know, <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah. because every day she takes a couple small steps in faith and is tremendously, tremendously consistent. Mm-hmm. Man, this is good. All right. Yeah. It's been 45 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we covered a lot here. We, we did. did. We did. Uh, we Everyone's were gonna... fixed. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, th- I think we had some, another topic. I think we'll, we'll probably try to talk about that in some different seasons. Yeah. Uh, but man, ho- hopefully this will give you time to go back and listen to other seasons. Uh, people have told me like, hey, I'm still in this season. And uh, so we're going to give you time to, to catch up. Others of you, I know you, you listen every time you exercise and we're going to take a short break. and going to be like, come on. Like, well, <laughs> what's, well, we'll, we'll be back. I uh, hope you have a good uh, spring, summer. Uh, we'll, we'll see you soon. Yes, yeah, see you soon. Have a good one.